The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. All right. Before we get started, uh, we just learned not too long ago as we're, we're recording this that uh, John Madden passed away. He was 85. Uh, what an amazing person. What an amazing life. He basically was awesome at everything he did. That's that's that, that 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 basically sums up. He was awesome. He was an awesome coach. He was an awesome broadcaster, and he was awesome in every other thing. You know, video games, uh, everything. So he was just uh, truly, truly one of the legends. It didn't half-ass anything, right? I mean, the video games were amazing because he was so insistent that if you're going to put my name on it, you're going to have 11 on 11 football and it's going to be the best thing in the world. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of gripes to be had about the video games these days, but uh, hearing the name John Madden was always a good thing for me. And because I grew up playing the video games, obviously, you know, uh, learning football from the video games, but also from John Madden himself, every time he was on the call, for a game that I watched and I didn't get to see many games that he called because of when I got into football. Uh, but I learned so much about this sport that I love and how to talk about it in an entertaining sense while also being educational uh, because of the way that he presented the game and, you know, seeing the way that people have reacted on social media today saying, you know, there's not a lot of color commentators that can do it like him. You know, you've got color commentators that can educate you, but they're not entertaining. And you've got color commentators that are educating, but they can't entertain you. And it's, yeah. it's a very fine line that, that only he has ever been able to, uh, to perfect because he perfected everything, like you said. And to me, the fact that his last game was Super Bowl 43. And for me, that's that's my favorite Super Bowl. It's it's arguably the my favorite football game ever. And the fact that, you know, the last touchdown that he called was Ben Roethlisberger throwing a touchdown to Santonio Holmes, all that like that is to me like just the coolest thing. That was his last game? It was. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was as a coach, he only coached for 10 years and he had a record of 103, 32 and seven. It's insane. It's insane. And you know why he stopped coaching? Because he didn't want why? to fly. He didn't want to fly. Okay. I was going to, I was going to ask, why did he yeah. stop after <laughs> only 10 years? Yeah. Cause he hated flying. So he, yeah. he had the Madden cruiser everywhere. <laughs> Wow. But I mean, the dude could break down. I've been watching videos since I got home. uh, Really, since the news broke, just watching videos on Twitter. Uh, You know, dude could break down buckets on the sideline. You know, like even the silly stuff that that if people tried it today, it would be honky and unoriginal, you know, but but he could do everything and it would just be amazing fun. I mean, the turducken thing, like the fact that that's even a thing. Nobody could get away with that today, but John Madden, it, it was just, it was him. It was always him. And, you know, football lost probably the most influential. He's not the greatest coach of all time. And, and I hope people don't no. try to, you no. know, revision his, he did, you know, it, it kind of just is what it is at that point, but he's certainly up there and nobody should ever question that fact. I mean, top five at the, at the, at the easiest, uh, but as far as influence, it, it you know, Bill Belichick's probably the greatest coach of all time. He's not half as influential as John Madden, you know, and that that's why he is so, so important and why uh, our entire community community of football fans is going to grieve this one for a while. I'll bet to his dying day in my stupid Pac-Man machine that I got for Christmas is blasting in the background, but um, I'll bet to his dying day. I'll bet his last words were the immaculate reception was illegal. (laughs) He, he, he is still, he was still angry about that decades later. He's still talking about how that was an illegal play. Um, 
it was what was it? It was a uh, December twenty third, nineteen seventy two. So it was recently the uh, the anniversary of it. The forty ninth next year is is year fifty of that. Uh, but I I love uh, Chuck Knoll uh, his explanation because basically the rule was a pass could not touch two receivers, right, or something like that. So you know if it touched Frenchie Fuqua first, then it would have been illegal. And that's always a question. Did it touch Frenchie Fuqua? And, and Chuck Knoll said, anybody with a basic understanding of physics would understand that the ball did not touch Fuqua first. Right. If it went, if it went forward and then it went, and then, and then it went backwards because somebody hit it. And that the person that hit it was the, was the, uh, the Oakland Raider at the time. So and I have he, a basic <laughs> rule. Anybody that doesn't like instant replay, ask them their, their opinions on the immaculate reception. Do you want human error? Or do you not? Do you want it to be meticulated all the way down? Or do you want to have this amazing moment that even if we never know or if we stick to logic and like Noel did and say it comes down to physics and obvious things are obvious. uh, (laughs) But no, I mean, you know, that's one of those things you're going to be biased either way. But, uh, you know, the Raiders are my second favorite team. I really I, I, I say that, you know, I don't really like keep up with them. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, they're in Las Vegas now, but also because of what John Madden means to me as a football fan and what he meant to that franchise uh, and and the personality that he helped instill. And while, you know, a lot of times people want to look at the Raiders and like, you know, especially the old school Raiders, it's like they're goons, but he perfected being a player's coach that could also scheme his way to victory and you don't have to be just one kind of coach you can engulf it all into one thing and and be a guy that's just great you don't luck your way into that record for 10 years no you know maybe you could be lucky for a year or two or something like that and then and then they figure you out you're not you're not that that lucky for 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 that long uh and also the video game um I mean, I don't know what exactly his involvement was in that, but video game that I believe the first video game was like early 90s, 91, 92, something like that. Mm -hmm. We're talking we're talking the very early stages of video games, I think. I mean, I don't know what the gold standard of video games at the time was probably Tecmo Bowl or something like that. Yeah, but basically, basically, it, it. even though it was early, he still brought that the, the football video game to a new level, and it just kept getting better every single year. It did. So whatever, and whatever involvement he had in that, and I, it sounds like he did have some involvement. He had quite a bit early on. Uh, I think that, that Madden was the first 11-on-11 football video game. And like I said, I mean, there's plenty to complain about now in the age of modern video games, but there's a lot of us that wouldn't be football fans without it. And the, the fact that it exists in the way that it does. And, you know, every other sports game is just the name of the sport. The NFL, they get the, the name of a legend who for in the, in the, you know, the first half of, you know, is its existence. It, it stemmed around a guy who entertained you and educated you about the sport that you were playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now for more depressing news, <laughs> the Steelers. <laughs> uh, what do you say? What do you say about this team? It's not the first time they got blown out. It's, a, it's not the first time they got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, one, one, you know, very telling thing I keep seeing is, you know, you, you, you find out how good you are when you play the really good teams. It's a measuring stick. And boy, was that a measuring stick. Boy, was that a, a, a statement that said, you're nowhere close to the best teams. You're not even in the same zip code as, as the good teams right now. What a mess. That's one of those that, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way of looking at this, but, you know, the fan base on social media today is, been in a weird spot, you know, where there's half the fan base wants to just lose out and get better draft capital. Uh, you know, the side that I'm on is let's, let's be as good as we can be, you know, uh, you know, having four or five better spots in the draft, isn't going to change that much. Uh, and, and we're in the here and now, and the sport is about here and now. 
uh, and you, anything can happen in the playoffs, right? And that's that is an extremely glass half full view of this team right now. Because <laughs> good lord, this team can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, but I mean, that that's just the way I've, I'm always going to view them. I can't look at them any differently. I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know raise hell just because they're losers I've, I've never known the team to be bad but from the standpoint of you can't get better by getting worse I don't think uh I don't think Mike Tomlin would buy into that either um so I think uh it's either a wake-up call for this team for this iteration of of the Pittsburgh Steelers or it's the downfall of this season and uh based off of how the Browns looked against the Packers who, who were also playing the number one seed in week 16 uh, for the NFC, you know, the team played well, but Baker played terribly. You know, if we see Baker bounce back against the Steelers and the Steelers don't bounce back as a whole off of the chiefs game, then you're, you're admitting as a team that the Browns have more mental fortitude than you do. And uh, none of us want to be in that spot. And I, I have, I have a strong fear that that's where we're going to see this team. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of coming out just ridiculously flat, you, you've scored less points in the first half than any team in, in the NFL and probably in college football too. Like it, it has been absolutely horrendous if after all these weeks you haven't figured it out why am I supposed to believe that now just because the Browns and the Ravens are on the schedule and we think that in two weeks time we'll be watching Ben Roethlisberger's last game that now the light is going to come on there shouldn't always have to be a light switch if you're uh in a competitive mindset all throughout the week and you're not scared of you know the ramifications of failure but you're more anticipatory of the ramifications of success then do what's necessary for success, not what, you know, prevents failure. That, I mean, that's the way I view things. It's the way I see the sport. Uh, but I don't think that's how the Steelers see things right now. So in week, in week seven was when they beat the Seahawks 23-20. Um, and remember in that game, they that was the the start of the um everybody just figured, run the ball up the middle exactly <laughs> teams figured out hey we could run we could run this ball on the on this team and get minimum 10 yards every single time <laughs> so they go you know so people were complaining about that and then the next week they play the browns and think oh my god the browns are a really good running team they're going to destroy us and the steelers won 15 to 10 and they shut down the running game so i wonder if the same thing or a similar thing is going to happen because they're familiar it's a division foe they're very familiar with the Browns because there was no reason on earth that uh, that that should have happened. Um, you know, right after that, they beat they beat the Bears in that weird game, but then they they tied the Lions, and that was another game where the Lions just gashed them on the run. And then there was the Chargers game where they just destroyed them on the run. Uh, and then and there was the Bengals game where they got destroyed again on the run. And then they beat the Ravens. There you go. Another division opponent, although the Ravens are a mess. The Ravens are, are, are oh, a whole yeah. other mess. Um, and then they 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 beat the Titans because of, oh, that was that was weird. And then and then you have this Chiefs game. So maybe, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors here. This of is course. Ben's last. This is Ben's last game. I'm a hundred percent sure of it. He is bringing in like he brought in family for that um for that Chiefs game. He's bringing in family, friends, former teammates, all kinds of things for this game. The probable uh, final home game of his career. So if you don't get up for that as a team, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And I know I I know there's more than, you know, hey, let's be motivated or something like that. I know the, 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 the actual personnel is the actual problem, but still. 
my goodness. If it, yeah, it, we're, it's we're way never. past, uh, we're way past mentality. I think with the team, I think it's more of a, you know, I think we all saw the, the photo from Alex Kazora earlier today uh, of the, the gaping hole over the, the middle of the field where, where you could have fit another chief's offensive line between the blockers. That's a personnel issue. Uh, and we can talk about how the Steelers as a whole, maybe even as you know, the coaches, the older players on the team are familiar with the Browns, but think about the guys up the middle on the defense. You're talking about Cam Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk, any rotation of whoever the hell lines up at nose tackle. Cause ain't none of them Tyson Aluwalu, And that's the biggest problem this team has Devin Bush and Joe Schobert. Only two of those guys are actually familiar with the Browns. So it, you know, I think I hate to say this. I think early in the season, that was an anomaly and that was motivation. Motivation can do a lot for you, but that is a singular game thing. Motivation cannot sustain you for multiple weeks. That is a one game thing, right? You know, we spent all day today uh, here in Alabama talking about how in the hell did Auburn play Alabama close when Alabama goes out and blows out Georgia. And today Auburn loses their bowl game in Birmingham of all places to a group of five school. It's because that's how motivation works. It, right. it only goes for one game. So, you know, sure, Pittsburgh could get up and be motivated for this game, but with the prospect of it being Ben's last home game, but you know what else? We thought last year in the playoffs against the Browns at home could potentially be his last home playoff game, and that didn't matter for nothing. You know, right. that team did not come out motivated, did not uh, right. get out of the gates after that, that first errant snap. You know, things broke down very, very quickly. So I, I'm not that, – that's where it's really hard to, to feel confident about the team at all is because I don't think their motivation is good enough, and I sure as hell don't think their personnel is good enough, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, well, the I mean, we have to the- consider Minka Fitzpatrick a middle-of-the-field defender in the running game. Dude's had 10-plus tackles in the last five games. That is – not good. Not for a free safety. You know, he, thank God he's back there. We give up 500 rushing yards a game, but it's he's not basically he's basically had to become a linebacker because. Yeah, that's who that's else is all. Yeah, yeah, who else is <laughs> exactly? There's there, not there's 55 no one else. 93, you you know? know, they're 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 getting through the first level and the second level, and then and then they're, then they're getting to him. So, um, and that's the thing. You know, the the biggest problem with this team is the offensive line and the defensive line. And you and you could say, well, Alulu's hurts. Well, two it's hurts. Okay, but you haven't really done anything to 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 to, to uh, replenish that defensive line for years. And the offensive line, you know, people, all the people that say fire Tomlin, uh, I, whoever whoever is in charge, Colbert or Colbert and Tomlin, whatever for them to basically neglect the offensive line position for years is it's, 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 it's inexcusable. There is no excuse for that. Did you really think Marquise Pouncey was going to play for 20 years and, and Ramon Foster and DeCastro it, there's it's no, it's inexcusable. It's, un, I, it's I, unacceptable. I agree with the premise of that argument. I think it's been misplaced today from what I've seen. A lot of people talking about, you know, the Steelers haven't drafted a first round linemen since pouncey or whatever uh i think that's misplaced because in the first round you're drafting more off of need than wants and Steelers have a lot of opportunities where they're able to draft off of wants and the luxury of that kind of caught up with them when a lot of people retired all in one go uh you know it's not every day that you replace four starters on the offensive line and the one that you keep is the worst of the bunch uh and, and you think you have to move him to left tackle and it doesn't work out. That being said, I can forgive you for not addressing it in the first round because for all those years we had to build the defense. So if you don't spend those first round picks on those defensive players, then our defense is still terrible and we're a four or five team, five win team. But what's the excuse in rounds two through seven? Right. That's where I'm at because if, and, and it's the same thing for the defensive line. We can't 
while the loss of Tyson Alualu really, really hurts, it is borderline psychotic to think that a 11 year vet going down with a season ending injury in the first game of the season should ever be so catastrophic for a franchise. You should have people behind that guy that are ready to go or that are being developed. And I think Isaiah Loudermilk has done a fantastic job given the circumstances filling in for Stefan to it. I mean, he's not an elite player by any means, but you know, that's the best of a bad situation, but nobody has done that for all Alu. Why are we only spending seventh round picks on nose tackles? You know, I, sure. It worked out with Javon Hargrave, but you know, that's an anomaly again. Uh, you know, Hargrave was, was, I believe a third round pick. He was a third round pick. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was the last time you paid attention to that position outside of free agency. Well, on the offensive line, it's even worse because you're, you're looking at guys like Chooks, you're looking at uh, guys like uh, what what was that dude uh, Dawson or whatever the kid out of LSU that was terrible, um, and and yeah, that's pretty much it. You have not drafted in that spot, and then the one chance you have to draft offensive lineman this year, uh, I love Najee Harris, but you chose Najee Harris in the first round. You chose Pat Fryermuth in the second round. Love him; he's a superstar. I think he's going to be better than he. But you passed on Creed Humphrey. You passed on Trey Smith. You passed on all these guys, and your solution was to draft a guard with really, really short arms and put him at center. And it hasn't worked out. You know, you know, like I, I you have to. It's one thing for Tomlin to come out every single week after a loss and say, "We'll leave no stone unturned," or whatever Tomlin is a me wants to go with that week. Right. But if you don't actually turn over some stones and find some solutions, but you're the stone, <laughs> you know, you're, you're immovable. You're, you're a, you're a static object at that point and you're causing your own problems. I, I, I think green has promise in this league as a stopgap starter. He is not the answer at center. See if somebody else is on this team. You had to go through a couple of guys to get to LeGlue to fill in for Kevin Dotson. Well, Dotson's about to come back, and he's not the kind of player you keep off the field. Find somebody else to fix this problem with Green, and shame on you for giving him number 53. <laughs> he hasn't – Green has not gotten any better. No. He's 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 gotten he's worse. Been, he's he hit gotten the working wall and bounced off that pitch. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's gotten worse. And it was, yeah, well, we'll just talk about this year because maybe someday, maybe someday he could be a good center. Maybe someday he could be a good guard. I don't know. But right now, forget about it. He needs to sit and that's it. He is, he is, he's way below the line. Yeah. Put in, put in half an hour. And, you know, if we, if we said that three months ago, we would have been, <laughs> I would, no I'd be, I'd be instituting drug tests and stuff. But uh, I mean, look at the other rookies though. And, and I brought it up a couple months ago where we talked about, wow, we have so much, like, it's not a good thing, but so many rookies out of this class are contributing and a lot of them are getting better, you know, or, or at least, you know, they're fluctuating in a positive direction. You know, Najee is consistent been consistent all year uh but firemouth got better dan moore has been fluctuant but i think he's been on the rise uh louder Loudermilk has been getting better all season long uh and uh the the cornerback whose name just completely blank trey norwood yeah he he's been fluctuating but i think has been in the positive direction as well and if you want to count weatherspoon and a part of that he skyrocketed he's been fantastic the past couple of games amazing i mean the one guy, though, the one guy that has been a consistent downturn is is Kendrick Green. And I hate to say it. I mean, I, I hope that he would be good, but it's just it's not the case. <laughs> you have a backup. You can play half an hour. You just play half an hour. And it, at this point, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was funny that Green had this horribly horrible play and then they sit him and they say he, he was hurt like he was <laughs> nah. But anyway, um. The, the thing about the offensive line is it has not gotten better. And then we find out that the offensive line coach has been allowed to go take a job in at university of Oregon and they, and he's gone effective immediately. Yeah. 
this is crazy. This is crazy to allow someone in the middle of a season to just leave. Either he was horrible or I don't know what's going on, but something's really rotten here because this is just unprecedented. Well, if he was bad, he wouldn't be going to Oregon. Uh, Oregon's been spitting out really, really fantastic offensive linemen for a while. And I know a big part of that is Mario Cristobal, and he's no longer there. He's in Miami. But if he were bad, he wouldn't be going to Oregon. Now, he's obviously not great because he couldn't make, you know, chicken salad out of what he was handed. But at the very least, it's just it is a bizarre move with two games to go. And that being, you know, we can talk about this run game all we want. We can survive that. You cannot survive with a bad offensive line. We've seen it. I mean, Najee Harris is running into brick walls every time he gets the ball. Ben is getting slammed every single second, and his offensive line isn't helping him up. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one thing after another with his offensive line. And, you know, we've seen we've seen something to feel a little bit of promise out of guys like LeGlue and out of Dan Moore. We know Kevin Dotson's a stud. He's just been hurt. Uh, but Everywhere else, it's just been a, a, a massive problem. You've seen no improvement at all. And, you know, the other night I'm watching the Indianapolis Colts who are playing without four of their starting offensive linemen and then lose a fifth during the process of the game, which puts them down to the third guy on uh, one side of the ball. And they're still running the ball like crazy. They're still protecting Carson Wentz. And they're dominating. Yeah. Right. Like, what's what's the deal? The, the, the Cardinals don't have a weak front seven. They don't. They have they have a great front seven. How are they able to do that? Well, it's because they have good coaches. Uh, and listen, we can we can cry for Mike Munchak to come home after Vic Fangio gets fired. All we want. That don't mean that's going to happen, you know. And this is where I get really hung up because I love this team because of the way that it handles business. You know, it it it's unique. You know, we build through the draft. We hire in home. We're not impatient. We allow things to run their course and we allow for improvement. You know, that's why Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere anytime soon. Bill Cowher had some pretty terrible seasons, didn't he? And then he came back and, you know, won a Super Bowl and went to another, right? You know, this, the storybook on Tomlin isn't done. And I don't think it's an, you know, there's the culture can obviously be improved. But at what point, with all the free agency money you'll, you'll have this offseason, and with all the problems you've had with coaches over the years, Keith Butler has not been great. Uh, we've been quiet on him for a while because the defense was great. Uh, regardless of whatever Aditi said about what calls he makes, I don't care. He has never been particularly amazing. Uh, Matt Canada has been nothing short of a massive disappointment, did not change the scheme enough, and doesn't trust Ben enough. Uh you know, and then you get down into some of the assistants. I think most of the defensive assistants are okay, but at what point do you change things just a tad and look out of house for five minutes to see if there's an option that wants to come be a part of this culture? Because I think so often we end up doing that. We don't look at – we sometimes we do it with players based off of how we talk to them during the draft process, but we don't do it enough overall – to look at guys that fit the culture of what being a Pittsburgh Steeler is. You know, you look at some guys like like Joe Hayden, like they came in and they they, they engulfed themselves in what being a Steeler is all, is all about. But some of these coaches don't always seem to to be like that. You know, the next Dick LeBeau, Dick LeBeau is not on this team. You know what I mean? And yet here we are. We continue to thrust people up and say, please be the next Dick LeBeau. And it's not it's not going to happen that way. See if somebody out there has that kind of mentality and bring them in. Well, from what I understand, Keith Butler is not even really the defensive coordinator. It's really Tomlin. Yeah. And that needs to change uh, because it seems like they've been slow to make adjustments. You know, like in, in, yeah. in, the, in the Seattle game, they were just like, run after run after run same exact thing because the Steelers thought that they were going to pass and you got you got to change that up you got to adjust to that much quicker um yeah yeah so defensively they need to bring in an actual defensive coordinator but offensively Matt Canada I don't know if he's one and done I don't know if I want him back I don't know if 
I don't know if it's because he doesn't work well with Ben or if he's just not good in, in the pros. I don't know. I mean, that was a lot of the questions uh, today in the press conference was like, is Canada even good? <laughs> I, mean, well, I wonder how much of it has to do with the offensive line, because you think about all the motions and all the, the silly stuff that he does. A lot of it is predicated on having a usable offensive line and, and sit, you know, I, I haven't been crazy about this Matt Canada thing either, but how do you run an offense with turnstiles at offensive line? You know, like right. anybody right. would be hampered by that. The fact that Najee Harris is 70 yards away from a thousand yard season that he's fifth in the league in rushing is nothing short of a friggin' miracle. The fact that Ben Roethlisberger has only missed one game and that was due to uh, asymptomatic COVID test, you know, like, is nothing short of a miracle as well. Like, yeah. so I don't know how much of it is on Matt Canada and how much of it is on the fact that the personnel on the offensive line is just the worst in the NFL when, you know, who knows, maybe three years ago when it was one of the best units in the NFL, Matt Canada could have done something pretty special with this team. You, you bring in the greatest offensive, you bring in, if you, if you, you know, uh, kidnap Sean Payton and make him the offensive coordinator, there's nothing he could do with, with this, right. with this personnel. Yeah. Look and, what he's doing with the quarterbacks right now that he's got. Yeah. It, it's hard to do anything when you're handcuffed, right. man. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but also um, in addition to the offensive line sucking is there are times when the play is good and Ben just misses the open receiver. He's yeah. been doing this for a while now that he's missing the obvious open receiver. So, you know, okay, fine. Bring him back. Okay. We'll see what you do with, you know, another quarterback and hopefully a better line and crap like that. Um, but yeah, the, but Najee almost getting a thousand yards, the poor man. I don't think, I, I think maybe once or twice this entire season, I've seen him run through like a good hole. He's always had to take on like five people and he's had to like leap over them and do all kinds of like matrix crap to get away from these people. Yeah. You know how, uh, how Heinz Ward always played with a smile on his face. Yeah. You know, Najee used to do the same thing. Used to (laughs) used to, I, I've never seen the kind of body language that he has. Uh, and I don't, he he doesn't have a bad attitude. He just hates to freaking lose, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's the way anybody should be. I think, you know, if you've, you know, rewind 60, 70 years ago, you'd see Jack Lambert, Jack Ham on the sidelines, you know, not necessarily pouting, but you know, they'd be pissed off too. If they if their teammates were playing like this, or if they were hampering their ability to, to do what they could do. I mean, Najee would be up there with Jonathan Taylor. If his offensive line was just average, average, you know, and, and he's not and, and Najee's not breaking off 80 yard runs like Jonathan Taylor is. He doesn't have the same kind of speed, but that that's where it's, you know, it, it gets to the point where those kind of things get into your head so much that you're not able to get past them. And and that's where I wonder, because I've seen a lot of this uh, on social media over the past couple of weeks, too, is. You know, there are so many guys that play meaningful snaps for the Steelers that couldn't make the practice squad on so on. 28 teams in this league and and a lot of them play on the offensive line some of them play in the defensive backfield and a lot of them play on the defensive line and it is just beyond frustrating and not all of it is because of injuries where you know where this team drafts incredibly well wide receiver running back uh edge linebacker you know like those kind of things like you don't necessarily have to worry about but everywhere else where this team has consistently been really 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 shaky through the Mike Tomlin era quarterback offensive line defensive line that's where it's been really tough to figure out what exactly is gonna is gonna happen into the future because while I love Kevin Colbert and I love Mike Tomlin I trust them with my life you know how do things change when those two things don't change and that's not me calling for a change it's you know when you've been doing something a certain way for a long time and you've had success doing it, when that stops having success, are you able to adapt and evolve? And that's the mark of a great coach. That's what makes Bill Belichick so great. Nick Saban so great. Uh, You know, if Sean Payton can turn this thing around in new Orleans, what makes him great? Those kinds of things. 
Uh, and those that can't, man, they go the way of the dinosaurs real quick. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's time. I know every year it's like Colbert's, oh, maybe he'll retire. He's on these right. one-year contracts. Maybe, maybe it's actually time for him to go and nothing against him, but maybe it's just time to bring in someone else. Right. And, you know, which is hard because we were just talking about how much this draft class contributes, you know, and some of yeah. the free agent signings, Joe Hayden oh. and, and Tyson Alualu, you know, it's like some things have panned out really, really well. Yes. Other things yeah. have just been abysmal. They've <laughs> draft, they've overall drafted well. You know, Najee was a home run, Fryermuth was a home run, and then the rest, I mean, that, that, that they're even contributing at all, you know, in rounds, you know, three, four, and five. That's that's very impressive. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and you know, I mean, well, I've led been... to the circumstances of them contributing. Right. Know? Right. It, it's not it, always injury. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but, you know, this thing with Tomlin and you, you people, and if you want to call me a, a Tomlin apologist, I will be happy to take that that label. I am I am defending him as much as possible. Do you know how idiotic? You sound people when you say fire, fire the guy that's never had a losing season. Fire, fire the guy. Come on. I mean, but how he is going to transition from no Ben is yeah. going to be very interesting. And, and, and that'll determine the future feeling because what, what I think a lot of people that are on the other side of the argument that are fed up with Tomlin is a lack of patience, mostly, you know, because the team hasn't sucked in 20 years. That's understandable. But when you come to with with it's not so much that he's never had a losing season. Obviously, man, he's had Ben this whole time. Uh, and, and the one season he didn't have him, he had one of the best defenses in NFL, you know, in, in NFL history, really. I and mean, that defense was fantastic. So it's it's more of a how does he go from here if he has and and I, nobody wants to have to go through this but this is the way the Steelers operate he has three or four more seasons that are just like this one regardless of who's at quarterback and they don't address the needs and and and, and address the the culture and those sorts of things then Tomlin will be gone you know like the the first 15 years won't matter anymore and we'll say you know, Mike had a lot of redeeming qualities, but he also had Ben. And when he didn't have Ben and when he couldn't protect Ben, that's when it became obvious that he wasn't that great. Or he'll turn this thing completely around and the Steelers will be back to being the Steelers that we know and love within the next three or four years. And we'll say, <laughs> some of us were really dumb for thinking we should fire him. And and I don't think either side of the argument can take credit for being on the, the correct side because it's a totally unpredictable situation that almost doesn't have that much to do with Mike Tomlin himself. Andy Reid is a good coach, but when he was with the Eagles, he was with the Eagles for a long time. It was time for him to go because it was yeah. obvious that he was never going to win there yeah. and they had to let him go. And as soon as he went to another team, he made that team awesome. So it's not that Tomlin is a bad coach. It's that, maybe it's just not work. It's not going to work here. And we don't know, yeah. and, and, but, but right now, you know, I love, I love when people say, yeah, it's never happened under cower. Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. How do you think yeah, you wound up with Ben? My guy, <laughs> that's how you ended up. That's right. You didn't, you didn't draft 10th overall because you were really good. You, <laughs> and, and, but the funny thing about the, we love Cower. Cower was better than Tomlin. Thing this was when Cower was a coach. All they were saying was fire Cower because it's the same thing. Because we are spoiled. Yeah. If we don't win every game a hundred to nothing, and if we don't go undefeated in the season, of it's like it's our God-given right to win the Super Bowl every year. People look around. You could every you name a team, even the below, even the, the the wonderful Patriots. They sucked last year. You don't you get sometimes you suck. The, the whole entire league is designed for good teams to go bad and bad teams to be good. It's the entire thing is set up that way. And it's amazing that the Steelers have been 
competitive and, and, and in playoff contention for gone 20, 30 years now, almost. Yeah. And, and I think about a lot like this too, is, and, and I think this is one of those things that kind of proves, and, and it's very early on in his career, but proves that Tomlin's not some idiot who has just ridden the coattails of Bill Cowher somehow for 15 years. But think back to that transition. Cowher wins the Super Bowl. The next year they go seven and nine. Uh, and I remember how frustrating that season was, even as a child, right? It was like such that, a Super Bowl hangover year. It was very, it was. yeah. It was, it was just, it was pathetic. But I mean, seven and nine is not a bad season, but it was just, you know, that's when Cowher said, okay, you know, it, if this is the way that it is, it's the way it is. He retires. Tomlin comes in within two years, he goes to and wins the Super Bowl. And a lot of people want to say, well, it was with Cowher's player. Uh, I don't remember James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, Lawrence Timmons. I don't remember them playing for Bill Cowher. Um, right. I, 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 don't, I don't remember Moel Day Moore playing for Bill Cowher. I don't remember Santonio Holmes playing for Bill Cowher. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, I mean, I think he played his rookie season under Cowher. But the point stands, you know, like when these guys were actually contributing, uh, you know, and that team won with just a horrendous offensive line as well, too. You know, Ben could move. That was Ben in his prime. He was (laughs) dancing around that. So he made them look good. Exactly. So there are things that you can overcome. There are things that you can fix. And there are things that Tomlin will will solve on this team in the years to come. He's not going to solve it all in one go. And I think, you know, a lot of times and this is where you have to just mute people that are idiots. There are certain changes you can't make in the season. Right. Just because you don't like Tri Turner. I don't know why you wouldn't like try Turner like he's not a terrible player he's not great but he's not terrible you can't just immediately say well well there's got to be a better right guard somewhere this isn't Madden where there's an 80 overall right guard sitting in free agency that you can sign for 1.5 million dollars uh with the push of a button and he's automatically right. knows the entire right. scheme and is ready to go <laughs> this isn't how it works you know like make some sense of it right He's the best that's, we got at that the, spot. That's the bad thing about John Madden. He created a video game <laughs> where people think that they could be an, a, 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 a passable GM in, in the NFL. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I could do that. No, there, was a, there was a really good point. I think it was uh, – I, I know it was on the McAfee show. I think it was uh, I think it was Chuck Pagano that was with him. But they were talking about how you know the Madden video games kind of mess some people up because they think, okay uh, – Alvin Kamara, just an example, is a 98 overall. So in Madden, every single game, he plays like a 98 overall. Right. But in real right. life, sometimes he plays at an 87. Other right. days, he plays at a 94. Other days, he plays at a 99. Right. Because it's real life, and every game exists in a vacuum. Uh, it, it, you know, not everything is transitive or stays the same, and, and that's how football is, and that's how, you know, early in our conversation, how the hell did this team beat the Browns? How the hell did this team beat the Titans and some of these other fantastic teams that they beat? There's, I still don't know how the hell they beat the Ravens, but, and then we come up and in two weeks, we play two teams that we've beaten this season and I have zero confidence that we could do it, yeah. but there's a chance because it's the NFL. They could win them. <laughs> they could get blown out. We have exactly. no idea. Yeah. We have no idea. There's no confidence in this team, but let me warn people right now. Because I know it's coming, and who knows what's going to happen with the 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 the, uh, the future of the quarterback position, whether you trade, free agent, whatever. It is very hard to evaluate a quarterback, especially drafting one. So, and a lot of times people miss. So, you know, I already know the the you know they're going to draft the quarterback. And it, it, there's a good chance it's not going to work. It's not. Yeah. It's not because whoever's drafting them sucks. It's because it's really, really hard to evaluate a quarterback unless you're. Hey, whoever, whoever the quarterback is of Alabama right now, get that dude because Alabama, <laughs> Alabama is. It's like when you go to high school and you you split half the day between high school and like a votech school alabama is a votech school for professional uh uh football <laughs> you, that's where you learn to be a professional football player that's where you you know you acquire the skills to be a professional football player and and, and you're you're ready made you know i mean my god look at mac jones you how know, willing are you to suck 
and have the first overall pick because you're gonna need it to get Bryce that's Young. a thing that's uh, a thing you know it, and and i don't know how i feel i like i i like to say out loud you know because i've never had to deal with it i like the idea or i don't like the idea i i, I like the, the the thought that i would be okay with the steelers sucking for one year and it being next year just so they could nail because in that draft, if you have the first overall pick, you either get Bryce Young or Will Anderson. And this isn't a biased thing. Those are two fantastic players that right. will be vying for the first overall pick in next year, next year's NFL draft. Uh, because with this season, with this draft class, it's so wild, right? Like you could, there, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that love Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett has the smallest hands I've ever seen measured. Okay. Like, they're like eight and a half inches. That is tiny. That's what I've heard. I've heard as yeah. soon as, as I've already heard the small hands thing with, with Kenny Pickett. And, and I've been watching Desmond Ritter tape for the past two or three weeks, you know, getting ready for Alabama, Cincinnati. I'm not totally sold on him. I, there's things I love about his games. There's other things that I'm like, bro, what, what are you doing? You know, and you can say the same things about Carson strong and about Lord Sam, Howell. the uh, <laughs> Sam Howell is uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh no! He, he slipped in through the uh, multiverse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, there's all these guys. Like, there's so many question marks. You know, the guy that we thought was the presumptive first overall pick ended up not even finishing the season as a starter, and now he's gonna, you know, go play for South Carolina and say go Cox for the rest of his life. Who's who's that? Who's that? Spencer Rattler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he fell big time. Yeah. Right. You, look, you, Every time you think there is a presumptive, you know, a guy that will fix this, you're oftentimes wrong. And you know, the by the day, the odds grow longer that <laughs> that Marcus Mariota is going to be the quarterback of this team next year, and I'm going to hate it, <laughs> you know. But all this talk that that Mike Tomlin has been ha- having over the past month and a half about mobile quarterbacks mobile this quarterback, mobile quarterbacks yeah. that bro we ain't trading for aaron Rodgers. i would love it i, I would be first in line uh aaron Rodgers would shoot that down to heartbeat because he ain't playing behind this offensive line and, right and right the, he's the a, capital he's no it would take to get him you're not going to be able to build it plus you take on some of his money you might not be able to spend enough in in free agency to be able to do that not to mention the other things you'd have to fill through the draft so don't you have to wants- trade for aaron Rodgers? You would have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Well, there you go. You're you're you desperately need draft picks. You don't need to give up draft picks, right? I, unless you can really work something out in free agency, but that's not the Steelers' style. You know, they'd rather spend all that money on two or three guys and 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 make sure they have enough left over for Minka. You know, like that, that's the way they operate. So it's it's very very difficult. Nobody wants Matt Ryan. Nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, if you really don't want them. Marcus Mariota is probably going to be your best bet. And that's terrifying because Marcus I, Mariota is just good enough to keep this team at six and 11 to eight and nine and, or nine and eight, I guess that's kind of his window of how good he is. Uh, and that is worse than being terrible. I, I would rather be terrible for two or three straight seasons than to be mediocre for the next nine to 10. There is that group. There's, there's Mariota, there's Nick Foles, there's Gardner Minshew. They're that that whole yeah. thing of like cheap free agents. They or do cheap just guys. enough to give you hope. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Um, I'm hoping for Derek Carr. That's my that's my uh, dream. I would be pick. much happier with Derek Carr than uh than Mariota, but I don't. I don't see I don't, it happening. I don't see, how, I don't see how the Raiders <laughs> would keep Mariota and not Carr. Right. Right. So. But it's it's oh, it's going to be a wild off season. It is oh. more so for the Steelers than anybody else. And but. there and there are teams that that could have two first round picks in the top ten. The Steelers are going to have more wild off seasons than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But hey, we got we got Ben's possibly final two games. That's what we got to work on now. I'm telling you. Do you want yep. him to tell us? Because, I mean, last year when I thought, you know, because when him and Pouncey were crying on the sideline, like I thought it was. The we end thought of that ben, was it. Yeah. Not not the right. end of Pouncey. 
uh, and and if it was the end of Ben, then it would be the end of Pouncey, and we because we always right. thought they'd go out together, right? Uh, but if he doesn't tell us, you know, then we're gonna have to gauge off his body language and just and speculate for four or five days before he finally says something. Would you rather know? I, I don't know if I'd rather know. I want a deathbed in the middle of the Steelers locker room. <laughs> I want him laying on a deathbed. <laughs> just just to, to really hammer the the, the the point home that it's like guys i am my career is dying this is it i am squid, on my last squid game, game spoiler squid game. <laughs> i was the bad guy all along i'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah yeah we'll see we'll see you know like we talked about you you know motivation and magic and stuff that could work for one game or something like that and there is no logical reason why the Steelers should beat the Browns or the Ravens the way they've looked but that's exactly why they have a chance that's why (laughs) that's why they have a chance so oh it's going to be it's it's at, at least it won't be boring that's for sure at as least. long as it's not like last week. <laughs> that Chiefs game was boring. <laughs> and I only was... watched third quarter. <laughs> uh my prediction, I I like at the beginning of the game, I said this has a feeling that the uh the Chiefs are gonna put up 40 and then the, the Steelers are gonna make some miraculous comeback to, to lose 40 to 39 or something right, like that. Right, like they did against the Vikings. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That didn't happen. So, but, <laughs> but, but they got that field goal down 30 nothing. <laughs> what, 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 what was, why are we kicking a field goal down 30 nothing? That's moral victory stuff, man. That is, that is somebody. I have more problems with that than when we're down 10 nothing and get an interception. And everybody goes to the end zone. I have way more problems with kicking <laughs> a field goal in that spot. Because people get fired up about that, and I don't get it. Uh, if you make a play that can turn the tide of the game, I get it. But if you're settling when you've got literally nothing to play for, like that is that is not it. Somebody on that team had a bet that said Steelers no shutout, and and it's like guys, we at least we got to get a field goal right, here yeah, because I, I mean, God, so. they were even like like Boswell was even missing, you know, field goals. <laughs> I guess the it was really bad win or something like that so so let's see what happens it's going to be it's it's going to be amazing for better or worse for better or worse <laughs> it's it, it won't be boring that's for darn sure all right sir well thank you thank you for letting me vent i needed i needed to talk i needed to get to get a lot of things out i did too my wife won't listen to this <laughs> <laughs> all right Sorry, Andrew. We'll hopefully we'll catch you next time. But uh, all right, man. I'll see you. All right, buddy. Bye.